مرحبا حبيبي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Habibis, to catch the full episode and conversation with Ben Shapiro, become a Habibi patron today by signing up at patreon.com forward slash Habibi bros in the description of this video. <laughs> there are some horses in this house. There are some horses in this house. There are some horses in this house. Hold on. I say certify free. Seven days a week. Wet ass pussy. Make that polar game weak. Yeah, you effin' with some wet-ass P-word. P-word is female genitalia. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet-ass P-word. Give me everything you got for this wet-ass P-word. Beat it up, N-word. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته. What's going on, Habibis? I'm Siraj Hashmi. I'm Jack Kobe. And we're the Habibi Bros. Welcome to another episode of the BB Power Hour. Uh, Jay, we got a really great conversation today uh, with Ben Shapiro. Um, and we just wrapped it up. And right. I have to say, uh, might be the best thing and best interview we've ever done. Right. I don't think there's been a there's been a, an Islamist happier to capture Jew other than Hamas compared to the example <laughs> we saw on your face. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and get into it. Let's do it. Joining us now is the legendary host, the political commentator Ben Shapiro. He is the author of the authoritarian moment how the left weaponized america's institutions against dissent and he's also the host of the ben shapiro show on the daily wire also the founder of the daily wire ben thank you so much for joining us hey assalamu alaikum habibis shalom shalom uh shalom and uh an early shana tova to you ben uh i know that you're probably going to be taking like a month off to celebrate the new year probably well deserved <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, two days next week, and then Yom Kippur is the following week, and then the week after that, two days, and the following week, two days. This is why I can't take off a day the rest of the year, basically. I know, right? It's, it's so bad. It's, it's, when it yeah, falls on the weekend, that's uh, much better. When it falls in the middle of the week, it's a disaster area. Well, this is the first time we actually have the heads of all three major religions joining us. Me, the uh, Siraj, the, the head of the Islamic faith. Ben, obviously the head of the uh, the, the Jewish faith. And then Jay, who was the head of the Church of Ass Eating. So thank you so much for coming together. You know, we really have been looking forward to this actual Abrahamic Accords. And uh, but, but, for, but first, I mean, um, let's talk about your book, because uh, the authoritarian moment, uh, it's a very good read, especially it's great for those who are especially not in the know of what's going on. Um, and before we kind of get into some of the more details about it, um, what inspired you to write this book? So I think that, you know, late last year, uh, I was just noticing that there was this pervasive sense, particularly among people on the right, uh, that they could not speak freely. And you started to see this creeping over toward the middle and then to the center left. You started to see people ranging from Barry Weiss to Andrew Sullivan, uh, a bunch of people just starting to point out that they, they were feeling very uncomfortable saying what they thought. 
It's in the spate of people leaving major publications over over having spoken out or being afraid to speak out. Uh, And this came directly in the aftermath of the pandemic and in the aftermath of the Black Lives Matter protests, many of which turned into riots. And it just it seemed to me that the time was ripe to talk about the fact that so many people in the in the country just feel deeply uncomfortable. And if you look at the polling data, it's pretty much everybody except for people who consider themselves very ardently to the left tend to feel that they can't speak publicly, freely, uh, and and get away with it. And that's a really dangerous place to be. Uh, and so, you know, that, that, that's sort of what prompted me to start thinking about this. Like, why is it that it feels like all the institutions suddenly are are pushing the same message at the same time? And I don't want to be conspiratorial about it because I don't believe in conspiracy theories as a general rule. Um, but at the same time, uh, there was no question that there was sort of this tsunami of like-minded thinking coming from nearly every major institution over the course of the last year and a half minimum. Uh, and uh, it was, and it was worth, I thought, investigating. Jay. No, it, it really was. And I think uh, my mom is definitely getting a copy of this book because the way you lay it out very clearly for people on the left to actually see the point of view that you're making is, um, is, is very, very uh, informative. And I think, uh, and I think it works really well, uh, especially with like Sarah said, people who are not in the know, uh, or who are extremely online, like some people are on Twitter. Yeah, well, I mean, if yeah. you're in the online world, a lot of the stories that you're going to see in the book, you've probably seen before. But I hope to sort of explore the fundamentals underlying why those stories are happening. So instead of just saying, yeah, here's a bad thing happening at the university level, the book is really more about like, how did the universities get that way? Or instead of just looking at you know, a, a blow up that happens over MLB in Georgia, why is it that corporations are created in such a way? Why are they structured in such a way that they're susceptible to pressure to do this sort of stuff? Uh, And so I tried to sort of get a little bit under the hood as to how these institutions historically got the way that they are right now, and also why the incentive structure continues to to push them to be this way. Yeah, there's a, you know, for your book came out in in, in late July. um, And uh, it's also available on audiobook. I actually happened to both read and listen to the audiobook because let's be honest, man, I cannot really read the book in any other voice besides your own. And so I was like, I got to read, I got to at least listen to the audiobook as I'm reading this. And then I hear Ben break into both Trump and Biden impressions in the middle of the reading of the audiobook. I'm like, this guy's really good with his impressions. Like, where does this even come from? <laughs> yeah, I've been, uh, th- there's somewhere you just listen to people, you know, talk for long enough. And if you do this professionally, you find yourself speaking in their voice bizarrely. Uh, yeah. I will, I will tell you that my, my daughter who's seven does a, a pretty good Trump. Um, uh-huh. yeah, her favorite is like a dog. She does, she'll just walk around and every time she's a dog, she'll be like, that it's a dog. looks like a dog. And <laughs> There are certain ones that are pretty good. There are certain ones that suck. Um, my, my Bernie was was pretty good for a while. I had a pretty good Jerry Brown. Uh, I miss doing my Chris Matthews. I used to do a fabulous Chris Matthews because it was Let's all a stream of consciousness and sanity. Um, and, uh, and now I can't do that anymore because it's not relevant. So every so often mm-hmm. I'll, I'll break that out, but it's pretty rare. Um, my, my Obama, actually, I'm, I feel like my Obama is underrated because I break out in Obama. The Obama actually is really good. It's a good cadence, but you know, my question for you is who does the best Ben Shapiro impression? Oh man. Uh, so I haven't seen too many of them. I've seen there's a freedom tunes guy who does a pretty good impression. My cadence, Mm -hmm. um, uh, there was, there was somebody who did, I can't remember who did that. There was this 
video of me interviewing Biden. And he did a pretty good me, I thought. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's hard because when you hear your own voice in your head all the time, because you're the one talking, your voice doesn't right. even sound like your voice, right? When you hear a recording played back to you, it's different being played back to you than it is how it sounds in your head. Like my, believe it, believe it or not, my, my voice sounds deep, masculine and mellifluous in my own ears. It's just that when it comes back at me from a computer, I'm like, whoa, what, what the hell is that? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it, I mean, it, it's perfect for the audiobook because if anybody else was reading your book to an audio listener, um, it would be a great disservice to your product. So, uh, but kind of getting back to the book, obviously, since the book has been published, it was published in late July. Um, just in the last month, I mean, has there been anything in your view that has been the most alarming that sort of falls in line with sort of this push towards authoritarianism that you're seeing from the left? I mean, on a governmental level, obviously, I think the continued focus on lockdowns and and mandates and and all of that, I, I find that super alarming because, again, I just don't know what the end point is for any of the public health policy that's being made. And there is a chapter in the book on public health and how the public health establishment has sort of gotten used to speaking outside of its purview and how a lot of what they're talking is politics now. And when it comes to COVID, I really feel like that's pretty solidly the case at this point. Now, I'm, I've been very pro-vax all the way along. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it is odd how every so often I'll have to seek a correction from mainstream media that'll say that, oh, it's just another anti-vaxxer. I'm like, guys, I was pro-vax before it was cool to be pro-vaxxer. Right? I was pro-vax going back to like 2013, 2014. You can see me talking about MMR. Like, I'm very pro-vaccine. Mm -hmm. My wife's a doctor. She used to do presentations on the power of vaccines. So I had to have the Atlantic correct something along these lines. The week had to correct something along these lines. There's like a bit of a variety of places that have had to correct. But with that said, I'm pro-vax. And at the same time, I, I don't understand what the public health bureaucracy is doing right now. And yet the media continues to cram down this line that if you disagree with the public health establishment in any way, this means that you're very bad and you're vicious and you're terrible. And it's really off-putting and, and gross because, again, if you look at the history of this pandemic, what you see is at the very beginning, we didn't know anything about the virus. And so we were locking down. And I was like, okay, now you can listen to my show. I'm like, I, I get it. You know, we don't know anything at this point. And then it became pretty clear that this thing was really age stratified. And that a lot of the lockdown procedures, like, you know, washing all your fruits and vegetables and and making sure that you shut down all the playgrounds, like a lot, it wasn't transmitting outside. We knew a couple months in kind of what were the most risky activities, what were not the most risky activities. Even then, I wasn't anti-mask. I was like, okay, I, the mask is a tool to prevent transmission of the virus when you're in crowded areas, no problem. And the idea was, this is going to be the standard until we get a vaccine. And I thought, okay, that makes some sense, right? Because if the idea is with regard to the masking that we're going to do this forever, I'm not in favor of it. Then what we really should be doing is starting to tranch out the population, almost the way Sweden did, where you protect the most vulnerable and all the 20-year-old healthy kids can go to college, infect each other. Now they're all immune and you've actually taken that vector away. But if you're waiting for the vaccine, okay, fine. We'll all mask up until we get the vaccine. Then we get the vaccine. Then it was wait until everybody's had the chance to get the vaccine. Now, every person in America above the age of 12 has had a chance to get the vaccine. And we're still doing this. We're still acting as though mandates and mask mandates and masking my kids in school... Like, this is a great idea with n very little or no data to back it. And in the case of masking kids in school, a lot of reverse data to back it in terms of damage that's done to the kids. But again, it's this crammed down feeling like if you disagree with this stuff, you must be some sort of kook and some sort of idiot and you want to kill people. Like, that continues apace, obviously, over the course of the last month. In terms of kind of specific stories, the one that got me was this week, Amazon Web Services announced that they're going to start doing more of the kind of stuff they did with Parler, where they're going to start policing content more to see if they're going to kick people off their service. Uh, I know that there was a, a story um, that uh, I wanted to look more into about 
one of the credit card companies kicking like Michael Flynn off their credit card. And I thought to myself, that's kind of a dangerous precedent. This kind of stuff where neutral service providers are starting to arm up to say that certain people don't get to use their product uh, or that certain people uh, are incapable of being part of the, you know, just not even political conversation, part of just like common everyday experiences. Uh, that, that sort of stuff is scary to me. Yeah, actually, you know, it's interesting because one of your uh, one of your colleagues, Candace Owens, I mean, she yep. just recently pu uh, published, uh, I think on her Instagram, that she was denied being tested by a COVID testing center, a private one, because of her stance on COVID over the course of the pandemic. Um, I mean, look, I think conservatives and people on the right have been far more uh, diverse in their thinking on you know, the vaccines or, or, or on, on any of these uh, treatments. I mean, you obviously have been very pro-vax. I'm sure there, there are people that you've come across who are very, very anti-vax. Yeah, pretty much everyone um, watched me, yeah. And it's just, it, I mean, Jay and I, I mean, we're both very pro-vax as well. It's just, it's, it's interesting. You know, we joined Rumble just two weeks ago. And the main story about that was that the main criticism of, say, me joining with Glenn Greenwald and Tulsi Gabbard and Bridget Fetheci and uh, Zay Jelani, a number of other people, is that we're joining a website that has been promoting anti-vax conspiracy theories, what ha what have you, as in as if that information is not allowed to be uh, flowing. But that's a, that's a separate issue. My question for you, though, is like how how is it that what's your takeaway on this whole Candace Owens bit? Because um, you know you just mentioned Amazon Web Services. Uh, trying to deny neutral service. Yeah. Is this, I mean, it, it, what's your take on that? So uh, listen, I, I am, when it comes to what businesses do, I'm nearly completely libertarian. So I actually am against most forms of anti-discrimination law because I think that the best solution to a business that's discriminating, let's say a business discriminates against Jews, right? My, my people. Uh, right. I, my, my, I think the solution to that is not to shut down the business or prosecute them. I think the solution to that is to open up your own country club, which is what Jews have historically done in a wide variety of cities. But putting that aside, you know, whether the, the company has the right to do that, you know, I think that on an ideological level, if they want to be jackasses, they, they certainly have the right to do that. But it's, it's certainly troubling. It, it, there's a difference between you have the right to do something and you're misusing the right. They do have the right to do that. Do they, are they misusing the right? Yeah, they're misusing it dramatically and they're making the world a worse place for it. Uh, th this is the same sort of mentality that you see Don Lemon was saying the other day. He's like, maybe you, know, you shouldn't get hospital service. You shouldn't go to the hospital if you're unvaccinated. And I thought to myself, well, that's kind of strange because we routinely take care of people at hospitals who do things that are poor decisions for their own health. Like that's probably the vast majority of medical conditions in the United States is you know, people who did something, they were told by their doctor not to do it, and then they went ahead and they did it anyway. Do they not get hospital care now? Like, this is this is turning very scary very quickly. And what it's going to turn into eventually is two parallel tracks, right? You'll have a COVID service center that services everybody and a COVID service center that only services people who are like, very pro-vax. First of all, the COVID center that is like for people who are very pro-vax, I'm not sure even why you're being tested if you're vaccinated as a general rule. Like, the, it, like it, it, just on a scientific level, once you're vaccinated, you're good, right? I mean, like it's if you're worried about passing it on to somebody else, I'm wondering why you're so worried about that, considering that everybody has the capacity to get a vaccine or is a child and is not in a particularly vulnerable state. So, but you know, as a, as sort of a general story, it is insane that these people decided that because Candace has a position on vaccines, a position I don't hold, or on this vaccine, a position that I don't hold, that uh, that she doesn't get to have a COVID test. And how how is that supposed to forward the bottom line, which is preventing transmission of COVID, right? Like that, that's the part that's really insane 
is that they're saying we would rather that Candace Owens not get tested and then maybe walk into a crowded place having COVID than test her and let her know whether she has COVID because we don't like her. That's crazy. So Habibis, if you like that conversation, go ahead and become a Habibi patron today by signing up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Habibi bros in the description. Down below. <laughs>